Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. All right, this season we have been talking about the kingdom of God and tracing this meta-narrative of scripture from the beginning to the end and showing how this is, as we just said, the meta-narrative scripture, that whole Bible story is telling us of God's reign uh, in the world over and through humanity. We've seen how his reign has been rebelled against, and yet we've seen his work and his promises of restoration. And in the last few episodes, we've seen how those promises have begun to be fulfilled in Jesus, how the gospel tells us of those fulfill- that fulfillment from his first coming, where we see the gospels telling us the story of his rise to power. We see at his ascension, his present reign in the midst of his enemies through the spirit, through his people who are the heirs of his kingdom. And then we see in this third act, the son's return, the Messiah's return. Um, and, and we'll talk about that in this in this episode. Um, Ryan, why don't you uh, kick us off? What do you want to yeah, begin? Sure. Let's look at Matthew 11. Um, as we've noted over the last few conversations, Matthew focuses primarily on Jesus' rise to power, and there's much instruction about his present reign. Um, there's by far less about his return, but there are definitely passages in Matthew that are about his return. One that I find very striking is in Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now, this is the most Johannine-like, John-like passage in the Gospel of Matthew, because it's all about the Father knowing the Son, the Son knowing the Father, uh, the revelation that they give, etc. A couple observations I want to make. The first is, uh, Jesus describes his Father as Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and earth. Now, this is important because the Bible story is all about regaining God's heavenly reign on earth. And that is what God did through Jesus was regain his heavenly reign on earth through the son of man. And currently, the Son of Man is reigning at the right hand of the Father, and the reign of earth is being reclaimed um, as the enemies are being put under But then let's also note verse 27 in this just close relationship of the father and the son. No one knows the father except the son. Okay. Um, The father and the son know each other eternally. There's an eternal love that has bound them together. But then verse 27, all things have been handed over to me by my father. This is important. The father and son who have dwelt in eternal communion with one another have revealed themselves in time. Let me say say that again, because that's a bit philosophical, but the eternal relationships of God have been revealed in time. And what we see in Jesus is that the father 
has handed everything over to the Son. Jesus, as the Son of God in heaven, Jesus, as the Son of man on earth, has had everything handed over to him by the Father. And currently then, Mike, who then is the Father using as his, I hate the word using, that's a bad word, Mm. but who is the Father elected to be his agent of lordship? Who's the agent of his reign, his rule. Yeah, it's the Son, the Messiah. It's the Son. It's the Son. And we currently live in this reign. We live in the current heavenly reign of the Son of God, the Son of Man. Well, that's going to change whenever he returns. Mm-hmm. Matthew tells us some about the return, you know, Matthew 25, especially, and there's other yeah. passages about it, but I think we really need to go to first Corinthians. So let's go to first yeah. Corinthians 15 to talk yeah. about this. Uh, yeah. What observations do you have so far, Mike? Um, setting up first Corinthians 15 or just in general? More just in general. Oh, okay. Um, I agree. Good. All right. Well, let's, yeah. let's keep it brief. Okay. So Sorry, I had already 15. in my in my mind, I'd already sort of turned my mind to First Corinthians fifteen. So, uh, yeah, that's fine. All right. Well, let's read it. Let's read it. First Corinthians fifteen, verse twenty four. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. Now we're going to read more here in a minute, but let's note a couple of things. First, the father has currently handed everything over to the son, but whenever the end comes and Jesus returns, the son will then hand everything over to the father. Yeah. Now I'm sure there's a lot you have to say about this. Yeah. I I was actually going to say, see if we could go back to verse 20. Um, but if you have, did you want to do something else first? I want to talk about the, um, the defeat of every authority and power, but let, yeah. let's do that in a minute. Well, so, okay. yeah. So well, that's, uh, what I want to go back to verse 24 is because it, it sort of is going to give us sort of the structure that we've been talking about first act, second act, third act, right? It, this is Paul doing that for us, right? So he describes, he says, now Christ has been raised from the dead. Right. So he this whole in this whole context, he's he's talking about the gospel and particularly the resurrection of, of Christ in particular. But what he does in verses 20 and following is step back to see how this plays out in that big picture we've been emphasizing. He says Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of those who are asleep. And then he goes on to say in verse 22, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all remain alive, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits. That's the resurrection, his resurrection. After that, those who are Christ at his coming, that's the resurrection in the last day. So, so he, he frames it first coming, this gap in between goes to the resurrection at the end. And then he gets into what we're, what we're talking about now. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to the God and father, uh, when he's abolished all rule and authority, right? So again, that, that sets in this dynamic we've been talking about that he's reigning now in the midst of his enemies until every enemy is made a foot of his feet, until every enemy is defeated. And then at his return, there's this resurrection from the dead when he's defeated the last enemy, and he gives this, this authority, this kingdom back to the Father. He, in other yeah. words, he's, yeah. accomplished, he's accomplished the purpose for which he was sent, Sure, and, and God is all in all. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I mean— um, But I made—again, I made—sorry if I jumped ahead of 
um, of you and or all not, a bit, not a bit, not a bit, not a bit. So, I mean, I really like using this passage as that triad of stages. Yeah. Christ yeah. rose to power. He has accomplished yeah. his purpose. He is currently reigning. And at one day he will return. Yeah. Um, let, let me make my comments and then I'll turn it back over to you to, to expand upon this. The, the other thing I wanted to note in verse 24 then was I, I've made the claim before that evil has been defeated. Mm. But then you'll note in verse 24 at the end is when evil will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. After destroying yeah. every rule and authority and power. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, evil has been defeated. Yeah. It's not yet been destroyed. Mm-hmm. We need yeah. to hold on to that. We need to hold on yeah. to that. And that's going to be the fulfillment of Psalm 110. Mm-hmm. When then the enemies are defeated, then they're cast out of the presence of God. Then new heavens, new earth begin. And that's when the full restoration of God's purposes will be accomplished. So yeah. that's th- those were my main two observations I wanted to make about yeah. this text. Yeah. Take us from here. Well, you know, and then, and then thinking about this in connection to the cross, right? The cross is where you see that defeat of, of sin specifically um, in, 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 in his death and his atonement for sin, you know, uh, Galatians one, he gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this prison. So what he's accomplishing and doing on the cross is dealing with sin. And yet there's still death. And it's this death then is this last enemy, right? He rules in the midst of his enemies until every enemy is defeated. And so there's a whole bunch of enemies in between the cross and his return um, that need to be defeated. And, and that, that happens through, as we've said well in said. recent episodes, through pardon, through forgiveness, through grace, through love. Um, but it's, it's death itself then that is the final enemy that will be defeated. Um, Paul, you know, in other places, we'll talk about how there's been, in some sense, we've already experienced a resurrection, uh, a, a resurrection of our spirits, uh, uh, an exaltation of our spirits through forgiveness of sins and things like that. But he, but our bodies still die. Um, our mortal bodies still die. And, the, and yet those will be raised up and transformed, transfigured, and um, the resurrection on the last day. Yeah, well said. And I mean... We could talk for hours about speculations about what all will happen, how it's going to occur, what it's going to be like, et cetera. Um, but I, in faith, hold very firmly onto the fact that when Jesus returns to the will of the Father by the power of the Spirit, evil will be vanquished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. Period. God will restore all good things. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And I'm going to leave the rest up to God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to be with the righteous who are restored. Yes. I want to be allegiant to the king who is victorious. Yeah. But much of the rest of this, I'm just going to leave this up to God. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's this point, right? So this, this, this is such a helpful passage from Paul because this is one of those times where he really does step back and spell it out for us, you know, and, and, and give us just these bigger arcs first coming present reign, second coming and what happens. And, and so it's there that at that, that second coming when he, you know, hands the kingdom to the father so that God may be all in all. That's then when all these other promises 
sort of enter in, right? That yes. restoration of all things is talked about in Acts 3, that uh, behold, I make all things new, like we see in Revelation 21. And, and we just enter in then into life, glory, uh, reigning with him, living with him, all those, all those kinds of things. Um, even that, that picture of the, uh, you know, one of my favorite passages of hope is Isaiah 25 and that, you know, on this mountain, Yahweh of hosts will prepare for all peoples, a, a feast of well-aged wine of the, the foods of, yes. of marrow yes. and fat and the richest foods and all that sort of stuff, you know, that happens here. You know, when he returns, death is defeated. We're raised up. God is all in all. And, and the glories of the age to come are unending. So, Mike, in a previous conversation, you closed us out with reading the end of Romans 8. Hmm. Um, I think an equally climactic section is the end of 1 Corinthians. Yes. So unless you have anything else to comment on, um, no. yeah. um, how about you close us out by reading 1 Corinthians 15, 50 yeah. through the rest? Yeah, very good. This this is a good good one because it, it okay, we, again, we're talking about these things. This grounds us in the... So what for us on the ground now? Well said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Messiah. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to Podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns.